So it's said that St. Augustine had been walking along the beach when he came across a boy who had dug a hole in the sand and was frantically running to the sea and back to the hole, carrying water and filling the hole over and over again. And Augustine asked the boy what he was doing. So the boy said, well, I'm putting the ocean in this hole. Okay. Well, Augustine replied, child, you cannot put the ocean in that hole. It does not fit in that hole. And as it turns out, the boy was a messenger from God who told Augustine, you are right. And your mind is too small to contain the vastness of God. So we're in the wilderness series, and we hear the story of Nicodemus coming to Jesus. And as I think about it, we really don't ever get to hear why he went to Jesus. He just starts off with his opening statement. We know, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, because we have seen your work, and no one can do what you do without God's blessing. And then that's as far as it gets. And I wonder what he had intended by going to Jesus in the first place. You know, was he intending to associate himself with Jesus, this miracle worker? It's like, ooh, I'm one of his group, you know, look at me. Or was he hoping that Jesus would come and be a part of his Pharisee group and just, you know, buttering him up? Oh, we know that you're a teacher, you come from God. Or was he just there to get an autograph? I don't know. But he never gets to his intention because Jesus just goes and undoes everything that he thought he was going to be doing. Nicodemus starts with, we know you're from God because of what you do. And Jesus responds, really? Okay. Well, you can't even see the kingdom of God without being born again. So I don't know what you think you know about me or about God. Now, it isn't lost on the original readers, and on many of us as well, that Nicodemus goes to Jesus in the dark. John loves to use these concepts of light and dark and sight and blindness to express understanding or a lack of understanding of who God is, who Jesus is. And so we read that Nicodemus is really in the dark. And what he thinks he knows is nothing compared to the truth of who Jesus is and what he came to do. And that becomes evident as Jesus goes on to describe this new birth. And Nicodemus just can't even keep up, right? He's scratching his head and going, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean we have to go back into our mother's womb to be born again? And all the mothers say, oh, please, God, no. What are you talking about, Jesus? Well, from that point on, he didn't even try to tell Jesus what he knew ever again. And we know how Nicodemus feels. Because we think we know something, and then when we come to discover what we... Then we come to discover that what we have known doesn't even touch the tip of the iceberg. Not to mention all that lies beneath the surface. Consider how unsettling it was to the world when science suggested the world was round. Oh boy. I mean, there are still people who can't wrap their heads around that. Or when it was suggested that Earth was not the center of the universe. Or when it was discovered that no matter how high and how far into space you go, and no matter how deep you dig, 
you'll never discover heaven or hell because they're not there. Consider how disturbed our world has become with conversations about climate change. No one wants to believe it because it means that we'd be turning our lives upside down. Or how about your own internal response to hearing about people from the LGBTQ community being pastors or getting married when your whole life you were told by people you trusted that anything other than heterosexuality was a sin. In every generation of life and people, we have been forced to relearn and rethink and reimagine what we thought we knew. Like Nicodemus, we find that we are approaching Jesus in the dark, telling him what we think we've come, become convinced of, and Jesus completely undoes it responds with ideas so far beyond our ability to understand that it sounds like he's speaking a different language. Maybe he is. Maybe we are being asked to learn the heavenly language of new life and of rebirth and of resurrection and of the miraculous and unbelievable love that Jesus offers not only to us, but to the world we still don't understand. Is this not what Jesus came to do, though? To love the world so much that he came to save the world and not condemn it beyond what we think should be happening. One of my colleagues wrote, Jesus did not come to be another box for God. He came as a door, opened to the world, and time through which we can pass with new eyes and a new heart. That's the intent of baptism. That's the intent of baptism of the Spirit, to allow us to start over again, to unlearn what we thought we knew in order to make room for what God has to teach us about ourselves and our neighbors and about God. We can't even begin to put part of the ocean and the vastness of God's knowledge and understanding into these minds until we begin to release all the things we hold there. The things we thought we knew about race, about history, about life, about love, about sex, about creation. We will not learn what God has to teach us when we cling still to the things we think we know until God completely confounds us. And I am here to guarantee you that that happens. It happens. It happens every time we gather at the foot of the same cross that Christ hung from. We are slapped in the face with all the things we thought we knew. We thought we knew Jesus came from God, but then why would God let him die in such a horrible way? We thought we knew Jesus is from God, or is God. So why would he himself allow himself to die at all, when all he had to do was bring to bear hell on all his enemies, and instead he forgives? We thought we knew Jesus is the Messiah. So why doesn't he act like what we expect a Messiah to be like? We know so many things that God simply doesn't fit into. In August of 1967, Martin Luther King Jr. gave a speech entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? at the 11th Annual SCLC Convention. And in it, he referenced Nicodemus, saying, 
that the United States needs to be born again to successfully tackle ongoing issues of social and economic equality. Maybe it's time to reference Nicodemus in our own contexts and congregations. Because now is not the time to simply fold our arms and close our minds and hearts and retreat to opposing sides. Now is the time to enter the wilderness and admit that what and admit what we do not know. Now is the time to let go of what we say we believe and simply follow Christ to the cross with our feet and not just our words. Now is the time to be reborn, to be the vessels into which Christ pours the ocean of truth so that we may leak the gospel wherever we go. Let it run out of all of our broken cracks, watering the world with grace instead of judgment, with love instead of hate, with hope instead of despair. The message of Christ isn't meant to be understood with the mind or even necessarily grasped with the heart. It is meant to be lived with the hands and feet of God's people. It is meant to renew our spirit, quench our thirst, sate our hunger, and inspire new life for the whole world. The whole world. Saved by this message of Christ lived out by all of us who, as Paul says, know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is not an easy message, and it is not an easy wilderness, but it is indeed good news. Amen.